Welcome back, everybody, to another Eats Beat podcast, the most delicious podcast in the Metroplex. I'm Rick Press. I'm Bud Kennedy. I'm Steve Wilson. We're going to call this the Eats Beat News Desk because there's so much news going on. I need. I, I should have set my phone to make one of those little... We need the ticker. Bud, start us off. What's the big news? Okay, Cheesecake Factory comes to the middle of downtown. That's the big news. And meeting with some some happiness, some hurrahs, and also some big raspberries. You know, there's one. this great big eye roll from people who who say, "Oh, another chain restaurant." Right. You know, just like there was when when uh, PF Chang's came. Right. But the fact of the matter is, you know, downtown Fort Worth is drawing a lot of people. A lot of those people want a big chain. They recognize from where they where they came from. They want something like Cheesecake Factory. It's still a destination restaurant. People go to South Lake Town Square to eat at Cheesecake Factory. They go to Dallas to eat at Cheesecake Factory. And, and Sundance Square really needed something like this, particularly in the space where Foray was across from the Bass Hall. Cheesecake Factory takes both the Foray space and the Barnes & Noble cafe space. Right, so, so the whole part of the Barnes & Noble space. Right. Yeah. The whole side of the block across from the Bass Hall becomes Cheesecake. Right, and if you know, if you want to turn up your nose at the chain, you can just walk across the street to Bird Cafe, which is not a chain, right? Yeah, I mean the difference, and for me, the difference with Cheesecake Factory is that this is a chain that has really good food. I mm. mean, you know, the, the the burgers, the sandwiches, the appetizers. I mean, they're all really pretty good, and the cheesecake's great. And, 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 and uh, my dirty little secret is I've never actually been to a Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, Steve, yeah. you like it though, I did right? The chicken piccata, really like. They have a lot of pasta dishes that are really good. I mean, the menu's like fifty pages or something. I, I, I'm gonna let you talk about the chicken piccata, but I want to read some cheesecakes. That's what I. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> mango key lime, fresh banana cream, Adam's peanut butter cup fudge, white chocolate caramel macadamia nut, lemon raspberry cream. <laughs> Uh, tiramisu, chocolate tuxedo cream, Kahlua All cocoa right, uncle, coffee. Uncle, uncle, I'll go. I'm like, going. There's another whole page. It's like they have more cheesecakes than you could imagine. Yeah, it's kind of like La Madeleine, too. You can actually go in there and just get a cheesecake to go. I'm at, uh, right. Yeah, so it sounds like, well, Foray, part of that also is that Foray will be closing. People uh, who enjoyed that restaurant across from Bass Hall for the last few years will have to have till Sunday to go try it because uh, to, to bid it farewell. It goes away June 1st, and we got to give credit to Foray. You know, Foray um, you know, took over the, the former uh, – the former space over there, which I, all of a sudden I can't, I want to call it. Used to it, be Angeluna. Uh, Angeluna. Mm-hmm. It was something it. else between the Angeluna. Yeah, and the, but the, the, uh, people really, when you when you talk to long long time Fort Worth people, they still they, remember Angeluna. They call it Angeluna. And Foray got better and better. It, it was a, a restaurant from Dallas, from uptown. The uptown location long ago wore out. It closed, but the Fort Worth one hung on. And the service got good, and it was a very reliable place to go. They could get get you in. Uh, get you fed and get you out in time for the show or the opera or the theater or whatever. And it still had sort of that elegant vibe that Angelina did. And so a Cheesecake Factory is going to be a little bit of a switch from that. This was a Patrick Colombo restaurant with a little, a little bit of distinction, and now it's going to be a little bit more mass market. But there are, you know, that will drive a little bit more of the nicer vibe over to Bird Cafe and to some of the other restaurants. Bird's Grill, Mikasina, yeah. Taco Bird, Diner. Yeah, there are plenty of good choices right there by Bass Hall. Well, there's other news, too. We don't want to just talk about Cheesecake Factory. Um, lots of uh, reaction to Tim Love's uh, debut at the Colonial Crown Plaza Invitational at Colonial. Uh, it was a great tournament, ended in a uh, a great uh, playoff between Adam Scott and, and Jason Duffner. I was there. But uh, most of the weekend, you heard a lot of complaints from uh, from people about Tim Love's concessions and, and particularly his corporate uh, – his 
is catering in the corporate tents. Well, there were and, some problems. And then you read Mac Engel's comment about the, which uh, our sports columnist Mac Engel, who further exacerbated things by by uh, writing about the, the the love's problems without, you know, it, it really just kind of teeing off, as you would say, the yeah, golf he, tournament, teeing off on love. He teed off and hit it, uh, striped it right down the middle in terms of uh, getting reaction from love, who was not happy about it when he first heard what Mac said. But uh, then Mac uh, ended up getting an interview with Tim and, and doing a Q&A with him. And at that point, I think t- Tim decided uh, – you know, it was better to kind of own up to the mistakes. And uh, the thing was, <laughs> the thing that's funny is that I was at Colonial for five straight days, and one of the things I did was eat food at all of the different concession stands. And of course, the you know the problems that people talk about were not really that bad on Thursday. It started on Friday. Crowds got bigger. Uh, apparently, Love didn't anticipate there was a thirty-five percent increase, according to what he told Mac. And so they started to run out of some of the food at the corporate tents. Uh, they served some of the same food they had served the day before, which apparently is a big, big no-no if you're, if you're you know, having a good time at the golf tournament in the corporate tent. I ate at the concession stands along the way. And I'll tell you, here, here was my impression, is that most of the things I ate were a lot better than what you would eat at a typical golf tournament. Yeah. Everything was about a dollar more expensive than you would expect to pay. But, you know... You get that Disneyland effect, you're at a sporting event, whatever. You're going to pay more money for food. Uh, so I think he was successful on the, in the sense that he served better food than you would expect to get. I had Frito pie, venison Frito pie, which was terrific. I had the ribs, baby back ribs, terrific. Uh, the burger was much better than you would expect to get there. Uh, the, the bigger problems were, were with the service issues. There were lines and there were, you know, the 30 minutes it took to get a burger on Saturday. Yeah, there were a couple of things going on there. I mean, you know, uh, it was Tim's first time to do something that big. And in the column the week before the tournament, you know, he and I talked about how this was going to be his biggest catering job ever. Mm-hmm. And then the Colonial, just the way the schedule fell, because the Mavericks had gotten knocked out of the playoffs, it was nice weather. The Beautiful Rangers, weather. You know, there yeah. wasn't that much else to do. Colonial suddenly drew a big crowd this year. Of course, year. they had the number one golfer in the world, yeah. Adam Scott, showed up. And then he got into contention, which yeah. was good. So it was, it was kind of a spontaneous bigger crowd than what Colonial's been drawing. So, you know, uh, it, Tim was kind of, you know, on the bubble to begin with, and then the crowd kind of overran things, and, and it, it got away from him. Yeah. Uh, he, he admits it was kind yeah, of a double bubble. He finally did admit it. Early on, he was quite, not, you know, he was quite perturbed. And, and even when Robert Philpott, who works with us, sent him a text and asked, you know, we've been hearing about some problems. His reaction was, what problems? And, you know, I, I think he, from that point on, started to become aware of the problems. But, again, from the point of view of, of just the average Joe, which is me, who did not go up into the corporate tents for any length of time, just walking around at the concession stands, two things that kind of struck me that I didn't really like. It was his branding was everywhere. It's like Tim Love, Tim Love, Tim Love, Tim Love. raises the expectations to the point where people think they're going to be eating Lonesome Dove quality food at a golf tournament, and it's just not possible. And so there was definitely some people who were – kind of backlash on that and let down by that yeah i mean he got more branding bang for the buck than crown plaza did i think the other was that the there were so many concession stands and he had different items at different stands so people would come walking up to the stand at uh you know by 
between 10 and 18 and they'd want a burger and find out that they don't serve burgers there. Yeah. And so they'd have to go somewhere else. So they want, came up and they wanted a hot dog or the chicken sandwich and you couldn't get it there. So you had to go to another spot. So for people who are only at the tournament for one day, there was some confusion about trying to, uh, you know, navigate. Now, Tim Love is a polarizing figure in town. He's obviously a celebrity chef, and people like him, but there are also a lot of people who don't like him. Yeah, let's talk about that. And, Steve, let's bring you in here, too, because, I mean, some of this just feels like, you know, Tim Love has gotten big enough that people kind of make a sport out of bashing him. What do you think about it? Uh, Yeah, I think that can happen. I I, uh, was doing a photo shoot with him once, and I said, now show me a little attitude, and he kind of looked at you and you press. You just want attitude. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, p- people do like to uh, to bash Tim Love. And uh, and I've been pretty happy with the food I've gotten from him. So I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's a personality thing. or I think, well, part of it, too, is a personality thing because he, he has a certain persona when he goes on, his, on some of the TV shows that he's mm-hmm. been on. Of course, he has a TV show coming up this summer, but he's been on a bunch of Food Network shows. And he's kind of... He's got a brash personality, probably even more so than he does in person on TV. And people take that to be literal, and they think, well, who does he think he is? Yeah, and, and, and some of that is just forward with pettiness. Of, well, well and, and, you and think and you're so big. Well, and also Colonial is, is one of those things. It's a Fort Worth sort of gem, and you right. don't mess with that. And right. if, you go, if people go out there and they don't have a good experience and they think it was Tim Love's fault, uh, there's a good chance, you know, that Colonial hasn't said whether Tim Love will be back next year or not. Um, the the tournament director, when he spoke with Jimmy Birch, a golf writer, was very sort of noncommittal about it, said they're going to be sending out surveys to more than 20,000 people who had, you know, members, people who had been in the corporate tents. Uh, who knows how Tim Love will fare. Tim Love, when he spoke to Mac Engel, if you want to read his Q&A on Mac's uh, Big Mac blog on the Star-Telegram website, you know, talks about it in terms of he's going to fix the mistakes and he's coming back. Uh, well, that remains to be seen, I think. Right. And, and we can, I don't think it's been reported, but we can say that he is not the full-time caterer at, at TCU football this fall. TCU will have a rotation of chefs. They said they want to have more variety and bring everybody in, so they'll have John Bunnell, they'll have you know some of the other chefs in town, each taking a game or a, or a venue. You so, know, he's so he's not exclusive the, there anymore. He's not the exclusive TCU caterer. So you know there'll be a rotation, and 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 Colonial may decide to to divvy up some of the, some of the cooking too. It's you know at the same time it's so much better to have Fort Worth food be showcased than to have some Sodexo corporate right. you know canteen sports service corporate concession. You know it's just important to to help be sure that that gets showcased in a way that. It turns out good for everybody it, and it was a weird kind of reaction because where whereas normally people really kind of champion uh fort worth our own homegrown products people sort of turned on tim love like colonial has had some rough years in the past where they didn't get very many top players and you know the the crowds were not particularly but you never saw anybody saying ah we don't need a golf tournament in fort worth what who cares about colonial i mean people still turn out because it's a beloved thing I don't know that Tim Love has quite gotten to that point. So it was sort of strange in my mind to see people kind of turn on him as quickly as they did. Uh, not completely undeserved. I, I, I do think there were problems at the tournament, and he needs to – I was glad to see him owning up to those in, in his Q&A with Mac. 
And two people feel a sense of a little bit of ownership in the woodshed since it is, you know, partly publicly owned and, and uh, Right. You know, and there's still some you know resentment. Some people don't like that he was able to set up shop with that, but it's you know it's been a good operation and it's drawn tremendous amount of attention to Fort Worth. Well, and there's something too to be said for just sort of stretching yourself too thin. I mean, he's he's trying to you know he's got his product line, he's got his his restaurants, he's got his television show. I get the whole brand, uh, wanting to build the brand, but. In this case, I'm not sure if he necessarily helped himself at Colonial by building his brand. I mean, yeah, he he uh, you know he, he does a lot for Fort Worth and and uh, and is one of the the most visible, most known people from Fort Worth on cable television right now. He does a lot for the city, but you know he just has to be sure he doesn't spread himself so thin that he damages it. The funny the funny thing is, and we can move on to all, some of the other big news is that. I don't think you really heard people no. talk about food at Colonial for the other seven years that I've covered it. People well, just don't care that much. And about we should the food. mention too that once again the champion ate at Lonesome Dove the night before he won the championship. So, oh, did he? So it's like the, this is I think he said two or three years in a row. The Colonial winner had dinner the night right. before his victory. So at least from at my Lonesome standpoint, Dove. as somebody who's covered the tournament for a while, I'd like to see them maybe give him one more chance and work out sort of these logistical problems. Not sure that's going to happen, but I it would. I, I think he could figure it out. I mean. So I hope he does. And frankly, if if people have to wait twenty or twenty five minutes between margaritas at, at Colonial, you know, that, <laughs> that, that may not be that, such that, a that bad may thing. not be a bad idea, <laughs> particularly for Colonial's insurance coverage. So. <laughs> what else in food, guys? Well, uh, also Monica Green, uh, one of the biggest names, sort of on the Dallas food uh, circuit, is coming to open a restaurant here in Fort Worth. Two of the biggest names, Monica Green and Miko Rodriguez. You know, Monica Green is a bringing one of her old Dallas concepts to the Blue Bonnet Circle to go where Tiff and Andy's was. We thought that was going to be a, a taco uh, place for a while, a rusty taco. But you know, uh, what's the name of Monica's new place? I think is, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Is it Pelagro? Maybe not. The, uh, but, uh, you know, so she'll be opening there. And uh, Monica is main known, mainly known for Monica's Akaiya mm-hmm. in Deep Ellum and for, um, and for being a real colorful, vivacious figure. Uh, you know, from from her days working for Stephen Piles back at Baby Ruth. So, you know, Monica, colorful character, and then Miko Rodriguez, who founded Miko Cena, mm-hmm. you know, and then sold it off to the to the McNutt folks that have that company now. Uh, he is coming to um, the west side to the, the center where uh, Eddie V's is at 7th and Van Cliburn Way with a new Mexican restaurant, which that area needs another Mexican restaurant really badly. Uh, <laughs> you could trade like about five hamburger restaurants over there for one Mexican and restaurant. And some sushi too, right? Right, exactly. The, uh, so he'll, he'll bring his Macero Miguel to the West 7th Street area, and that'll be a big hit when Miko gets that. And what, what kind of restaurant is that going to be? Is it is sort of upscale Mexican? I hamburger? haven't been to the one in Dallas. It, it gets high ratings. It's a you know, it's it's a, a you know a, a high end uh, in, interior Mex and Tex Mex, and it's it's uh, you know like a nicer Mikasina, I think. Now, finally, last thing, a couple of weeks ago, Bud, you you threw a shot across the bow and you said there were maybe there there might just be too many burgers, and I bet you took some heat for that. Too many burgers in the West Seventh area. I, uh, the people who really really strongly believe in the the ethos, the spirit of Cowtown. You know, berated me and said there can never be too many burgers in Fort Worth. I like a nice burger myself. So, <laughs> so Steve was one of those people. <laughs> but this came right after I was standing on the on the patio of Bottle Cap Alley and looking across at Brewster's, and past that is 
is Fred's, and, and then behind rodeo that is, is Rodeo Goat, and in between that is where the new Snuffers is going to be built, which we haven't even talked about. Uh, the there's new, more the news. New I snuffers, didn't know that. <laughs> snuffers bought the space between Rodeo Goat and Fred's. Are you so serious? So there'll be like a total burger row, and then you have in and out on the other side, and you have Chimmy's, and you have the Poor House if you count oh. them, and, and, and oh. you have like 12 burgers within two square blocks. Well, I'm waiting at, for a new Hawaiian burger place. I mean. Oh. <laughs> You know, it's. Uh, I mean, you would think that that's all we eat here, and it. Uh, it, it just, and 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 I didn't mean to take it out on on uh, on the, the the. You can't backpedal yes. now, bud. I, I didn't mean to take it out on on the the the, the place I was, which was I, it Brewster's the, or the, Bottle Cap Alley? Yeah, Bottle Cap Alley, because Bottle Cap Alley at least has good prices. You can get a burger, get a burger there for, for four dollars. Yeah. You can get on on two for nights. You can get two for six bucks or whatever. And at least it's not like the fifteen dollar burger like these other places. This is starting to sound kind of like a basil ice cream rant that uh, we had a couple of weeks <laughs> hey, ago. Hey, 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 I have been to Melt. I went my one time. Uh-huh. And, Did you uh, have the basil I, ice cream? No, I tried the uh, mint julep. It was some sort of berry mint julep, and I didn't care for it. I'm sorry. But uh, my my wife really enjoyed the uh, nut mm-hmm. and rosemary ice cream mm-hmm. she had, and my son loved the double-double chocolate. And waffle cone, and, and the waffle cone was awesome. And, and you see, melt is the is on the cover of this week's DFW dot com. So I do not stand in the way of the <laughs> success of melt. I hope for, <laughs> I hope that melt is successful. Every, melt is everything that's South Side and organic and wonderful. And and I I, I like melt. I still love Curly's because mm-hmm. I think Curly's is just. You know, and we gave a shout-out to Robert Philpott, yeah. gave a shout-out to Curly's Curly's. As well. And then I, I'll throw in, this wasn't in, but the new chicken franchise, the Super Chicks over in Arlington by mm-hmm. UTA, yeah. they have custard, and they have a custard flavor of the day. I went over there the other day, and it was a raspberry custard with a chocolate Nutella sauce. And, you know, I, I, I went back out of my way to go back and get some more. I mean, it was it's really pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, and this is the time of year you start thinking more about ice cream. So definitely go try Melt. There were several other places in there in the Metroplex that – that make their own ice cream. Uh, I've been to Beth Marie's in Denton, and it is it is amazing. If I lived closer, I'm sure I would be there more often. You know, and I've been to Henry's in Plano, and and it's it's absolutely outstanding. And the fact you can get a little bit of Henry's at places like Great Outdoors is great. But you know, if you go to the place in Plano, that's I mean that's the the Taj Mahal of, of uh, high end ice cream. Right, and I think you can get Beth Marie's at Central Market. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about uh, Melt making a. a, a an ice cream with iron thistle, Rar's yeah. iron thistle. Have you yeah. tried that? No, not yet. Uh, she well, was get over there. She was Quit talking about it with me and get over there and eat some. <laughs> she was working on the formula, you know, trying to get the syrup right from uh, you know reducing down the iron thistle to make a make a, a raw ice cream. But all right, uh, well, next podcast you have to have tried that and report okay. back. I will. I will. Okay, we'll continue to find things to grump about next podcast. <laughs> well, and hopefully there'll be this much breaking news. <laughs> and then from from the Eat Speak News Desk, I'm Rick Press. I'm Bud Kennedy. I'm Steve Wilson. See you next time. Once was a sweet thing.